Praise the Lord. Thank you, uh, Assistant Provost and the priest, for this um, opportunity one more time. Um, let's bow our heads to prayer quickly and uh, hear the word of God. I want to appreciate some of my friends who are here. Um, it's a pleasure being with you. Amen. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness, your goodness, your grace. Thank you for your help. In the name of Jesus, we ask that the ministry of the Holy Spirit will bring the word of God clear to us. In the name of Jesus. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to How great thou art, how great thou art, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. Bible to John chapter 2. John chapter 2. Verse 1. On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and the disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Why did she speak to him about the matter of no wine? It's a question you can ask intelligently. Was it because Jesus was uh, um, in charge of F and B for the wedding? Or was it because he was in charge of the store where they kept wine, maybe reserve wine, so Jesus could uh, go and bring them out? Why would she turn around? The, 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 the couple wedding, are they related? Were they related to Jesus? I don't think so. 
Probably the woman must have seen Jesus in the house do some abnormal things. Because I've been thinking, why would she go and tell Jesus their wine has finished? He should go and be talking to the owner of the wedding, the wedding, do you have wine at home? Uh, do we send a donkey, because no cars then, do we send a donkey home to go and bring more wine? So I believe that maybe one day in the house, they were looking for, uh, there was no water. And Jesus sent his younger brother to go into an empty pot and fetch water. Because you, you know that Jesus had younger brothers who are from the same womb with him, but, but not the same father. You know that? You don't know? Huh? They have brother, sister, and all of that. They have. Or maybe one day there was no flour to do chipati. And then, you know, and Jesus wanted to eat chipati. The mom said, oh, sorry, the flour finished. He said, go into the, into the bag or the container. You find flour. And the mother goes there and finds flour. Ah, what happened? How did flour? There must have been a reason why she went and told Jesus they have no wine. And look at Jesus' answer. And Jesus said to her, verse 4, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. This statement showed that Jesus knew the hour of manifesting global, manifesting fully, was not yet, had not yet come. But the mother was expecting a miracle to happen. Are we together? Are we together? Please, be generous with your yes. And be generous with your amen. They will never increase your tax for saying loud amen. amen. Nor will anybody file a case in court against you. If they do, don't worry, we have a judge here who will give you judgment that you didn't commit a crime. Are we together? <laughs> All right. I like to interact with my audience. I like that. Okay, so, and the mother said to his servant, whatever he said to you, do it. What kind of a mother is this? The woman supposed to have gone home and said, well, since he said it was not in time. No, the woman now went to his disciples and said, whatsoever he said to you, do it. In other words, obey his instruction. Is that correct now? Is that correct? Obey his instruction. So let's see the power of obedience. Let's see the power of obedience. So the Bible now said there, um, now, verse 6, there were set three, six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up 
with water. Okay, look up here. Let's do mathematics. The Bible said they had a gallon, a gallon water pot like this. Okay? Water pot, six of them. Each of them contains 20 to 30 gallons of water. That's a big one. Is that correct now? Good. So let's say, take an average, since we are not sure, 20 or 30. So average will be 25. Is that correct now? 20 plus 30, 50 divided by 2 gives you average, 25. 25, 25 times 6, how many? 150. Is that correct? Hmm? 150 gallon of uh, water. Okay? That was what Jesus turned into wine. So in other words, it's 150 gallons of wine. Do you understand? Good. A gallon is how many liters? Five. Five times 150. Is what? 750. Is that correct? See now, when you are teaching mathematics in school, you didn't like it. Now you are in church, you are meeting mathematics. Uh, that's, that's, you have not met it. <laughs> the only deliverance you have is that I won't give you an exam. <laughs> Okay. Now, 750 liters of wine in a wedding. Maybe in case you don't really understand. Okay. Normal carton of wine, some cartons of wine are six bottles, but standard is 12 bottles. Okay. And the bottle of wine is up to a liter, maybe seven, 0 0.7, 750 uh, milliliter. So it's not up to a liter. Is that correct? You're looking at me now as if you don't drink it. You know, you know it. <laughs> so if you divide 750 liters of, uh, of uh, wine by 750 milliliters, uh, how many uh, cartons will it give you? How many bottles will it give you? It will give you how many? Eh? You have 750 liters. 750 liters. Is that not correct? If you divide it by one, it will give you uh, 75 uh, bottles. Is that correct? If you divide it by one. But it's not up to one. So you have, let's say about 100 bottles. 100, 100 bottles. Is that correct? Is it 100 bottles? No. No. 1,000 bottles. Good. 1,000 bottles. 1,000 bottles uh, divide by 12. We'll give you how many cartons? Just about six something cartons. Mama. Mama, is Mama, Mama says somewhere there. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, if you're doing a wedding, that'll give you about maybe, let's say, about uh, 60 something or some something cartons of wine. Are we together? I'm showing you the power of obedience. You know, when you read the Bible, think into it. Don't just say, Jesus turned water into wine. You, didn't, you don't understand the gravity of that sentence. Are we together? You don't understand the import, the power, the depth of that sentence. So we see that there was a wedding going on 
And suddenly, Jesus supplied, by miracle, supplied more than 70 cartons of wine by just speaking a word, and people obeyed that word. Go fetch water. They went. Fill the water pot. They filled it. Take it and go and give the master of ceremony. And the disciple did not say, Oga, what they are looking for is wine, not water. Because we fill the pot with water. You say we should go and give it to them. But what they are looking for is wine, not water. If it's me, that's what I will ask. I'm sure you will also ask like that. Is that not correct now? Because we heard when your mother said that their wine was finished. Mama did not say their water has finished. What mama said was that their wine was finished. So why do you want us to you know, go and carry water to go and give them? We have, we have water in surplus in this wedding. What we are lacking is wine. But you see, they obeyed. They obeyed. When you follow God, don't use your number six sense. Because there's a number seven sense you don't have. That's why the Bible talks about our eyes of understanding becoming enlightened. Because there are limits to natural sense. There's a limit to what your human brain can accommodate. Are you understanding me now? You don't understand the things of the spirit by being natural. No. It's beyond human science. Jesus did not put hand into the container and turn it around and said, water become wine, water become wine, water become wine. No, neither did he do any incantation on it. He didn't do any prayer on it. He didn't say, Father, I pray that this water will be turned into wine. No. He said to them, take the water, fetch from there and go and give the master of ceremony. And they obeyed. As they were going, the water turned into wine. Power of obedience. The reason why many of us do not experience God in reality is because of unwillingness to obey or we doubt God or we are not sure. You know, how can it be? We ask all kinds of questions, you know. We try to use human brain to align with God. No. God, it doesn't work that way. That's why they didn't believe that a virgin could have a baby. Because in the natural process, a man should sleep with a woman and get her pregnant. But in the supernatural process, the power of God comes into a woman and she becomes pregnant. God's spoken word can enter into someone and change the situation. You remember that servant um, uh, of the king? One day there was a period of seven years of famine was in Israel. In 2 Kings chapter 7. Period of famine was in Israel. Women were eating their children. Women were cooking their children and eating because it was so bad. The famine was so bad. But Elisha, the prophet, said, by this Time tomorrow, a measure of wheat shall be sold for 1,000 shillings. The servant of the 
advisor to the king, the economic advisor to the king said, can see this naughty prophet. Which economic law are you going to, where are you going to bring the goods? Because we are in war, there is no productivity, the enemy are taking over the can. Well, even if, we, even if we imported something from China, can, will it arrive by tomorrow morning? Because when God is involved, processes are short, sometimes shut down. When God is involved, sometimes he shuts down the processes. He has the ability. He has the power to do all things. And I don't know whether you believe it. Our God is real. It's not a story. It's not a philosophy. Are we together now? I'm going to file a case in court tonight against all of you. Because thank God I have my friend there who is a judge. I'm going to sue all of you now for not saying amen. amen. Praise God. Amen. Okay. So we are looking at this. I want you to understand the import of this. This is deep. Obeying God. If you obey God, there are things he would do in your life you never knew was possible. You never knew was possible. Suddenly, several and something, uh, 70 something cartons of wine just appeared. Just that they obeyed the voice of God. They obeyed. They didn't argue, they obeyed. Some years ago, I was in America to preach. And um, when I free preaching in two places, they gave me offering, you know. Um, they gave me offering on a rare room. What about $2,000, $5,000? So, I was happy. God has blessed me. And... Um, my mom was telling me what to buy for my wife, buy this, buy that. That time, didn't have a child, so it was only me and my wife. But I was watching TV, watching David Serolo preach. David Serolo was preaching, and uh, Mike Mudok was preaching. Yeah, Mike Mudok was preaching. And he talked about giving a, a thousand sacrifice, sowing a thousand dollar offering. Well, I was busy watching, thinking about my money and how to spend it. $5,000 is a lot of money. Is that not correct? That should give you about 17 million shillings. Is that correct? Eh? There about. So, that's a lot of money. The Lord said to me, show a $1,000 offering to that man preaching. Okay, that's not a problem. $1,000, 5 minus 1, 4. Okay, I still have some money. So I called them and said, I'm from Nigeria. I came here to preach. And the Lord said, I should show a $1,000 offering to you people. The lady who received the phone on the other side was quiet. And I keep saying, hello, 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 are you there? Then she like somebody that recovered. I said, yes, yes, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I said, can I have the account number to send the money? She said, okay, give me the account number. I eventually wired the money to them. The following day, David Serrano was now preaching. I was watching. 
as I was preaching, the Lord said to me, send a thousand dollars to, to him too. <laughs> so, okay, I gave. Then I traveled to Azusa Street, where uh, in, in Los Angeles, where the revival happened. When I got there, we are praying. The Holy Spirit said to me, you want me to use you all over the world. Then sow a seed into this place because of what I have done here. I sowed the seed, $500. I went to the founder of Foursquare Gospel Church. I'm a MacPherson Simple. The Lord also told me, at, at that point, I lost my mind. I said, God, since I have decided to take all this money, okay, whatever I now say, I will do. I will together. Just truly, I gave away the whole $5,000 in America. I didn't buy $1 thing for, my, for anybody. No, but I want, I'm taking you somewhere. See, the power of obedience. When you obey the promptings of God without arguing, without doubting, you never knew what God will do. You have no idea because God is not man. God is not man. It's not like any one of us. Are we together? Good. Now, my wife then had become pregnant and she was supposed to come to America to have the baby. The, the journey to go to America have a baby was not my plan. I wasn't planning because when I was praying and I heard from the Lord, somebody asking, how is he hearing from God? Does God still talk to human beings? I understand why you're asking like that. Because if Jesus lives in you, he will talk to you. Because he speaks to people. He's not dead. We're not having a dead God. He's not a living God. And because he's living, he who created the mouth, will he not, does he not talk? He created the ear. Does he not hear? If you believe God will answer your prayer when you pray, it means he has mouth also to talk. He's not, he's not, he's not dumb, and, uh, but can hear. Are we together? Since, he, he, since he's not dumb, he speaks, you can also hear him as he hears you. Praise God. So don't doubt that. So he said to me, this baby was born in America. I said, Lord, I don't have medical insurance. I don't have savings uh, to pay B America. But how are we going to do it? He said, it's my project, not your project. So I agreed. So now I'm in America. One of the reasons why I also went was to check out a hospital that she can use. So that, you know, to tell them her situation and all that. We were married for 17 years. For 17 years, no child. So, at that time, my wife was already in her 40s because she was about 30 when we got wedded. So, she was in her 40s, late 40s. And that was really, really... Uh, in America, they treat it as high-risk pregnancy. So, in these special doctors, they directed us to the highest number one gynecologist, also a surgeon, gynecological surgeon, no, gynecologist and pediatric surgeon. The guy is intelligent. They send us to him. He works. He's highest in California. And he's a Nigerian. I said, that's an amazing thing. 
Number one in California is in Nigeria. I was shocked. A high-risk pregnancy is number one. So they send you to the hospital. Her consultancy alone to check your file, check your file, is $700. Just to come by your bedside, open your file, check what, the, what is there. You just put that $700. So it was a huge project. But we serve a big God. We serve a great God. Now, to cut long story short because of our time. So, I went to the hospital and said, okay, uh, because she's this age and uh, now uh, you need to register her before she gets to five months so that the doctors now take over. She was three plus. So we have only one month to go, for me to go back to Nigeria, bring her back. And yours truly, I've given away every money I got in this America, offering the gift to me. I'm not a businessman, I'm a preacher. So I don't have uh, uh, what to go, what am I going to go and sell to be able to come here? But I believe what God said. He said it's his project. Okay? So after giving away all the money, I flew back to Nigeria. I didn't buy a thing. But the morning I was, uh, the day I was going to come back, one woman I prayed for and God healed, called me and said, please, when are you traveling back? I have a gift for you. I said, I'm traveling this afternoon. She said, okay, hold on, please, before you leave for the airport, I'm coming. She went, bought some things, and gave me to take back to Nigeria. When I landed in Lagos, God said, give all of them away. So I gave everything away. I entered my house the way I left the house. Except my dresses, clothes, and suits, I went with. And I'm going to have a, a, a spiritual wife who is not materialistic. When I learned, I said, I didn't buy anything for you because all the money I, I received there, God said, I should give them away. He said, praise God. Thank God. You're welcome. She gave me food. I ate. Praise the Lord. Now, see, listen now. God now came to business. The following day, my friend called me and said, are you back? I said, yes. He said, okay, can we have lunch together? He's a, he's a rich guy. So we went to have lunch in Protea Hotels, Protea Hotels in, uh, in Ikeja. While we are, we are three, while we are eating, the other guy went to pick something. He said to me, I, this is your testimony about why you are being pregnant. It's a great thing. Oh, I'm so happy for you, my brother. God has answered you after 17 years. You know? I said, yes. He said to me, but don't let your wife deliver this baby in Nigeria. You're not sure this doctor, they can say being the last, you know, Nigeria, our electricity is erratic. Can be, be in your printing table, they say there's light, no light. You have to run around for generator. You go to generator house, they say generator is, generator, generator needs uh, oil. Then they have gone to buy the oil. Before they bring the oil, uh, the technician said that the, the charger has a problem. You know one can do or the other. I said, yes, God had told me that she would deliver in America. He said, that's it. I am going to be part of it, spending all the money you need. He said, first of all, I, let me buy tickets for you and your wife to go to America to go and register her. So now, because if I had changed, 
that five thousand, if I come back with that five thousand dollars, change them in naira, it will not be enough to buy the ticket for two of us to go back. But now God provided that ticket plus pocket money inside. Are we together? But that's not all the testimony. Now we went to America, registered her, I came back. Before she delivered, she was to deliver in August. The, the EDD was August, but, but in July, my friend was telling me, when are you going back to America? You must be there when your wife delivers. This is the first child you're going to get. You should be here. I said, I'm doing a conference. After the conference, I will now decide when to go. He said, okay. It wasn't up to two hours. He calls me back. Tell me when, decide now. Let me ask my traveling agent to buy your tickets to go back and be with your wife and return tickets. The same person. So I now say, okay, I told him, he bought return tickets. Summer ticket everywhere is more expensive than normal tickets. Is that correct now? She bought, he bought this ticket for me to go back to California and to come back. She, he paid. It was about $200 more expensive than the, the ticket we went with before. See, be adding what God is doing by obedience, obedience. So we did. She delivered, and uh, now I was, I was uh, she delivered before I even arrived. When I arrived, I went to the hospital, saw my son, we we're happy, and all that. Praise God. Two days after, they discharged us. And you know, in America, they don't bother you, they don't discharge you, you go. Uh, but, but, but you cannot mispaying their money. Because your name has entered in all their records into up to immigration. Up to immigration. Up to your own home country embassy. When you go there, it will be shown that you came to hospital, you had medical treatment and you're all in America. Those people, don't mess them up with them all. <laughs> it's not like Africa where there's no record. If you talk, say, ah, the file is missing. Or a rat came and ate it. We are looking for it. There are no records. That's why we don't know our repopulation in Africa because we don't know when people die, when people are buried. Is that not correct? People die in the village, they just bury the man. There's no way of deleting him from uh, the record system. Are we together? So during election, they use all of those dead people to rig election. Because all of them, all of them have to vote. Okay. Two days after we went home, we decided to, uh, seven days after, we went for a medical checkup. I said to my wife, these people have never called or they've not said anything about the bill. I, I don't have the bill. I said to her, okay, you wait for the doctor. Let me go and see, go to the finance department, check. I went there, the finance uh, controller came. I waited for her. She came, sat down with me, and we are talking. She sent the bill to me. Our bill was 39000 something dollars. I was scratching my ear, my eye leads. She was looking at me. He said, do you have to say anything? I don't have anything to say. What do you want me to say? But I actually, I didn't have the money. There, there was no money in anywhere. What I had was only about a thousand something dollars. She now looked at me. She now sent me another document. The second document now says that this your bill, $29,000 has been paid for you. So the balance of, uh, out of the balance of $10,000, we have, we have deposited about $6,000.
No, about, about $4,000. So it remains about $6,000. And so, suddenly something came over me to ask her, uh, to say, can I ask for a favor? He said, yes, you can ask for anything. Ask for a favor. What is the favor you want to ask? I said, can you give me further discount on this balance? You know, there's a book we read called Oliver Twist. How many of you read that book? A literature book, Oliver Twist. He's asking some more. Don't be afraid to ask. Oh. But ask, ask politely. I said, I will appreciate if you can give me further discount. He said, hey, on this one? I said, yes. He said, okay, how much do you want to pay? I just said $600. Really? $600? I said, yes. She now said, what do you do? I said, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. I'm a mission. I said, really? You're a missionary? Okay. You run a church? He said, no. How? I said, I travel around to preach. I said, wow, that's good. That's very good. What of your wife? I said, we are doing the same business, the same thing. Hmm, that's great. That's great. That's great. Okay, 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 okay. So do you have the $600 here with you? I said, yes. He said, okay, can I have it? I opened my wallet, gave her $600. Out of my 1,600, I had, I had balance. I gave her. She wrote the letter and uh, gave me a document that says, that to him it may concern that, uh, that Joshua Uzoma Uchebulam's parents have paid completely all their medical expenses. <laughs> so we left. I knelt down in the hospital, lifted my hand and began to worship God. He said, this is the power of your obedience. You obeyed me, now, this, if you have gone home with the $5,000, there's no way you would have paid all these medical bills, bought all the tickets, are we together now? Plus many other things. When the baby came back to Nigeria, a man brought Toyota, equivalent of Toyota Land Cruiser, and said, this is my gift for you and your wife, for the miracle God has done for you. Excuse me. Obedience. Obedience. Let me conclude. Obedience, I want to tell you, is practically possible to obey God and give. People struggle with giving because of love of money. Giving is powered by love. If you love, you give. You can't say I love when you don't give. No, it doesn't work. You can't love without giving. It's not, it's not, it's not acceptable by God. Why? John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave. If you love God, you give God. If you love your husband, you give to him. If you love your wife, you give. If you love your pastor, you give. You can't say, hey, I love that man, the way he preaches, I love his preaching. You need to show appreciation. You need to participate. You need to be a partner in it. Can I have someone say amen? amen? God gave us Jesus. Jesus loves us. He gave us his life. What is your love for God? What has it translated to? It must be shown by your giving towards God's projects, towards God's house. In 1 Kings chapter 3, 1 Kings chapter 3, 1 Kings chapter 3, Solomon, the Bible said there, verse 3, and Solomon loved the Lord. Wow. And Solomon loved the Lord. 
walking in the statues of his father David, except that he sacrificed and burned incense at the high place. Now, verse 4, the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand bond offerings. A thousand bond offerings. Now, it was a thousand bull that he offered to God. One thousand bull he gave to God at one time. One thousand bull. As the expression of his love for God. You do not give because you don't give because you don't love. If you love, you are driven to give. See, women, if your husband keeps singing, I love you, 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 but when it comes to giving you, he can't give you an excuse. There's no love there. I'm telling you the truth. When you genuinely love, you give. Because it's the spirit of God. You may not agree with me, but I'm telling you the truth. That's the Bible. How do you show that you love? Because you give. Because you give. It's not just saying, I love you. Lord, I love you, I love you. How I love you, Lord. You're my all in all. But when they say give, you hold your pocket like this. Hold it, hold it. And then use one hand. Lord, you know I love you. Lord, I love you. Minus my pocket. No, there's no love. When you love, you give. Solomon loved the Lord. He gave a thousand bull. Now, you know this, you know bull? Mercalf. Mercalf. The big one. I, I, I just uh, if a couple that has a dairy farm here. They hosted me some time ago uh, in their farm. And the bulls are big ones. Those kind of bulls. About how much can you buy a bull in Uganda? Full size one. Hmm? Some say six million, some say three million. Bull one. Depends on the size, the very big ones. Because Solomon will not give God what is a small bull. No. Okay, let's say six million or four million. Four million shillings times um, one thousand. That's four billion shillings. That's what, is that four billion? Yes, four billion. That's what one man gave to God, one sacrifice. Now, when he was dedicating the temple, he brought 20,000 bulls. I can imagine as they were killing these bulls, what blood was doing all over the place. Well, because he loved God. Solomon loved the Lord he gave. Your love for God should move you to give. Don't give as a transactional. Don't give as a duty. Give as a revelation. Give because there is love. Are we together now? Are we together? And this love is built on trust. You love the man, you trust him. Is that correct now? You trust him. You receive him. You accept the person. You are open. You are free. Because you love. Ask your neighbor, neighbor. Ask your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Somebody sitting beside you is your neighbor. Whether it's your wife or your husband. 
if I say ask your wife now, you say the woman is not my wife. So that's why we use neighbor. At least he cannot say it's not my neighbor. Okay? Talk to your neighbor. Look at her eyeball to eyeball. Say neighbor. How much do you love God? It should show in your giving. Tell your neighbor. Your love must be reflected in your giving. Praise God. You know, there are people, when you ask them to give, they are complaining. They are complaining. Some women, when their husbands say, hey, you know, I was in church today. I saw that uh, the pipe organ is no longer working. Um, I've called the, the company that fixed it, and they told me that it's going to cost us uh, 20 million shillings. I think I want to fix it. Are you the only one in the church? Are you the only one? The other day, you, you, you just gave uh, money. I went and leaving for church. What are you leaving for? Living for yourself. No, don't do that. Don't stop your husband from giving. Because he's making a way for your children and children, children. Life does not only end with your departure. Life continues. And there is reward your children, children will harvest because of what you have done for God in your time. Are we together? It's good to buy insurance. Very good. Nothing wrong about it. It's good to buy insurance. You know, buy life insurance. Buy bonds and stock. Living for your children. But when you don't buy investment in God, thieves, inflation can crash all of those your investment. But when you invest in God, your children, children will draw the benefit. When I was younger, my mom, my mom taught me to give before I now began to give, get revelation about giving. When my mom goes and harvests her crops, the first one, she carries it to the church, whether it was harvest or no harvest. If there is a matoki, she cuts, there are about 10 of them, she cuts the first one, she runs to church with it. I will be crying for hunger. I will confront as a mama everything to the church, everything to the church. Say, shut up your mouth. I am doing it for you people. I didn't understand it. So what I'm doing now is for you and your brothers and sisters. I didn't quite understand that. But now I know. Oh, I know better. I know better. Because there are certain progress I have gained in life, not because I labored so much for it, but because there is a blessing I'm tapping into. See the way God blessed the children of Israel because of their father Abraham. Are we together? In Genesis 22, Abraham offered Isaac to God. He put the boy on an altar, lifted his hand with his knife to slay him. God said, no. He said, now I know that you obey my voice indeed. Is there Genesis 22 verse 18. So now I know that you obey my voice indeed. In blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply you. Listen, my brethren, beloved of God, there are promises of God in your life that will not come to pass except you, by your giving, you unlock the channels of the Spirit to let it begin to happen. 
God promised Abraham, I will bless you, I will multiply you. But until he gave this sacrifice, God did not swear to him. You see, it was a blessing, a promise, but now he had become an oath. God has said, and by myself, I swear by myself. Can you imagine mortal man getting God into a frame of mind where God is so amazed, so, so, you know, um, I'm, I'm looking for the proper word now to use, where God is so touched that he said to Abraham, indeed, I know you fear me. I have sworn by myself that if it is blessed, I will bless you. In other words, Abraham, even if you wanted to be poor, you cannot be poor again. Even if you don't like wealth, I'll give it to you. Men and brethren, these things are written for our example. It's their obedience. Don't hide your resources from God. No, don't hide it and wait for them to beg you, plead with you. God gave you life, gave you bread. Don't you know that there are some of your age men who are beggars on the street? You don't know that? Travel to your village and see. When they see you, they look as if you came from London. The way, the way your village people run around you. Is that not correct? Is that not correct? When you go home, some of your age mates, they'll be looking at you. As you drive your car back home, they'll be feeling the car. As if. Yeah. And we together. And yet they are your age mates. They are your colleagues. And God has blessed you. God has prospered you. There are people you graduated the same year from the university. They can't see your back, where you are, far away. You've left them behind. You think it's only your intelligence? You think it's only your capacity? No, sir. There is the hand of God. There is the mercy of God. There is the favor of God. How do I reciprocate this kindness? He's giving my life to him and giving my resources to him. How do I show I love God? For instance, I know that we are building a cathedral here and uh, we have been giving... But let me ask you a question. And it's important you ask yourself this question. Sit down. Ask yourself, how much of my money have I put in this cathedral? Is it commensurate to the way I have been blessed? Because your giving must be commensurate to the way you've been blessed. Ask yourself these questions. When you sit down and say, okay, what can I more do for, for God in this building? Um, Maybe, okay, I can fix 20 or 30 of the windows. How much does it cost in the budget? You write the check, you give it. Oh, what else is happening? How, how do we do the art? How do we do this? That's how these things work. Praise the Lord. Now, let's look at where we read. Let's conclude from where we read. Of course, God now asked Solomon, what do you want me to give you? Solomon said, give me wisdom. God said, okay, I'll give you wisdom but I will give you wealth so that no king will be as wealthy as you are. That's the result of, you know, when we give to God. Look at 1 Chronicles 29. Furthermore, verse 1, David said to, to all the assembly, 
my son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced, and the work is great because of the because the temple is not for man, but for who? For God. It's not man you give. It's for God. Even when you give to a person, a human being, maybe a minister of God, a servant of God, it's actually to God that you are giving. It's actually to God that you are giving. You honor God with your substance. You honor God with what you have. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 19 says, Honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits of your increase. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 3. Verse 3. Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and uh, of, of special treasure of um, of what now? Gold and silver. David planned to build a house for God. God said, no, you won't build the house because you have shed so many blood. Your son will build the house. If it was some of us, you say, ah, praise God. At least I have saved me all this trouble. I wanted to build. God said I shouldn't build. So, praise God and all of that. But David said, even if you stop me from building the house, you can't stop me from giving for the building. Now, David gave this amount of money for building the temple of God. He gave gold. 3,000 talents of gold. A talent of gold is equivalent to 5,000 tons of gold. Okay? Now, a ton of gold multiplied by 1,000 will give you uh, 1,000 1, kilograms. So, times 5,000, that's uh, 15, that's uh, uh, 5 million kilograms of gold. Can you imagine? Multiply by three, 15 million kilograms of gold. In the morning service, somebody told me it's equivalent to 750 billion shillings. One man gave because he, he intentionally did business, went to war, fought kings in order to give the resources for the word of God. He went to fight battles. He went to nation, did business. They were bringing silver and gold to him. And he was giving this for the work of the house of God. Ladies and gentlemen, we live in a lifetime. You know, we came to this world naked. Is that correct now? And we will die and buried the same way. All the silver and gold you are accumulating, nothing wrong with them. But nobody have died, you know, even if they bury you in the most expensive casket, put your gold. The, my mom used to buy a lot of gold while she was alive. And when things are difficult, she would go and sell some of the gold and use it to solve family problems. But some remained after he, she, she passed on. So 
on the deathbed, my sisters, they brought the gold, put on her earrings and all of that, you know. I was surprised when they invited the children that it was time to close the casket. We are there. And um, of course, uh, they said, remove the earrings. And so I said, no, leave her. We want to beautify her mom. Beautify your mom. She's ordinary dust. In the next 21 days now, you can't, if they, if they bring her out, give you, you will run away because you'll be smelling. They said, you don't believe her with the earrings. They removed the earrings. They removed the gold chains. Hey. So you see, it's good to get those things, but it's important that you invest your life in the service of God. Say amen, somebody. So we're going to be receiving an offering. I know you've given before. You don't say, but I gave last year now. Okay. How many of you took oxygen last year and you don't want to take oxygen again this year? Because of the oxygen you received last year. You are saying, this year, don't give me any oxygen. How many of you? So that we can ask God to switch off the oxygen pipeline that supply your oxygen. So why are you complaining? Because you gave the last time. You are, why are you complaining about giving again? I didn't I give? I gave two years ago now. I even put uh, 50 million there. That was two years ago. That was last year. So if God complains now, say, okay, you see, these people, they always ask me for oxygen. I gave them oxygen yesterday. Today, I won't give them oxygen at all. In fact, it will take another seven days before I supply them oxygen. All of us be in the mortuary. Don't you know that? All of us be in the mortuary. If God, if God now says, you see, I, I think I've tried. I gave them oxygen whole uh, yesterday. They had enough. So from tomorrow morning to the next seven days, no more oxygen supply. There will be catastrophe. Is that not correct now? So why are you complaining now about giving to God that I gave two years ago? Should I give again this year? No. You keep gringing. And the only way God's projects are done on the earth is by God blessing these people. And the more you give, the more you unlock those blessings. Let me share a testimony I shared with them in the morning before we pray. In the morning, uh, I, I was in Zambia preaching because the church was raising money to buy a property. And um, I taught for three, four days on giving. Giving. And the thing sank inside. So on the last day, I told them, okay, we are going to give tomorrow. Prepare your giving. Prepare what you want to give to God. Bring it to church. Whether you want to give your land for the church to sell and recover the money or give a house, give a car, whatever you want to give. You want to give your annual salary. People gave recklessly. In one day offering, they more realized close to 500,000 US dollars. People gave. Was it, I've never seen giving like that before that day. People gave. One woman, a widow, a widow, um, had two children. The husband left her a home where they were, she was living with her children. When the word of God came so much, 
she brought the document of the house and laid it on the altar of God. The pastor told me later on, she moved away from that house and became a tenant, rented an apartment and moved so that the church will sell her building and use the money. Some people said you're a crazy woman. You're a very foolish woman. When that woman brought her annual wage, Mary Magdalene brought the oil, which was equivalent to one year's salary, and poured that oil on Jesus. What did the people say? What a waste. Some husbands say, you see, these church people, they are collecting your money from you. They are collecting your money from you. That's the way we react. Why is it that when it comes to giving to God, we are always reacting? Why is it that anything else is okay? The moment it is God and giving, we are quarreling. We are fighting. Pay your tithe. We are quarreling. We are arguing. Tithe is not in the Bible. Tithe is not in the Old Testament. We are Anglicans. It's not for us. People, all kinds of arguments. Why? Because it's God, God. Is the enemy trying to deny us access to supernatural supply? There are three ways God blesses us, okay? He blesses us with the works of our hand. Are we together? He blesses us with the work of our hand. He that tilled the ground shall have plenty of bread. God also blesses us through supernatural means, through favor. Are we together? That one, you don't determine it. It's your giving that helps you to get there. You can have all the abilities you have in this world and you die with in poverty. You can. But one favor God will give you, one connection God will give you will transform your whole life. Will give you a major business breakthrough. That one, it is God that arranges it. And it is your giving that activates those kind of arrangements that you wake up one day, you something just changes about your life. It took about five or six years for God to reward that woman's giving. She lived as a tenant, but she was joyful. She was joyful. Never went home crying. She was very joyful. So, you know, one day, the bank where she was working decided to reward the most senior managers, like regional managers and all of that. But she was not a regional manager at that level. The bank decided to give home, um, uh, what do you call it, the homeowner program for top of them. You own the home perpetually. So when they were compiling names, the MD said, this name, her name began to ring in, her, in, in his mind. He said, I don't know this woman. She made inquiries. Oh, she's a very um, uh, hard-working woman, but it's not up to the grade that we are giving. Let's, let's say they are giving grade level 18 houses, but she's like grade level 16. They said, no, she's not qualified. But the man invited her nevertheless. Because the man couldn't rest. He said, I don't know you. Why, am I, why is your name ringing in my heart always? What is it? Who are you? I said, oh, I'm a widow. I walk in this branch and see what I've done and all of that. that the man now said, we are giving these houses to senior manager, but you're not qualified. But I don't know why your, your name keeps ringing in my heart. He said, please put my name down if it's ringing in your heart. 
So how am I going to defend it? Where well, God, who asked you to put my name, will help you defend it. She now told, told him, I'm a widow, but our church was raising money to buy a property. I gave God my only house that I, my husband left for us. They sold that property for $75,000 then. The man said, really? You did a thing like this? That's, that's, that's very, that's, that, that's unheard of. I've never had a thing like this before. Okay, let me put your name. When we get to the board, if they query it, they strike it out. I've done my own back. When they got to the board, the next board meeting, and they requested for the lease for the houses, they are going to buy the land, build the houses, and give the people perpetually and furnish it. Everything will be set on the inside. Beddings, telebeds, beds, televisions, sofas, you know, kitchen, everything furnished. Each house is valued at 250,000 US dollars to celebrate, you know, longevity at work and commitment, service and all of that. The board chairman, when he got to that point, because the MD was not telling her, the board chairman said, well, can we, MD at the list, is the list ready? Yes, they gave the list, he signed, all the board directors were supposed to sign, signed it without going through the names or going through the list. Just because of her. It took another four or five years that I went to Uganda. Somebody came to pick me from the airport. As we are driving, we saw her standing on the roadside. Her car has just broken down. Has stopped. No, her car, it was fuel that finished in her car or something had happened to her car. So she was waiting for a second car to come and pick her out of the place. The man driving me said, oh, this is Sister Irene. I said, Irene Muson. They said, yes. Went backwards, picked her up, and we are taking her back to town. She saw me, she was excited. She said, let me have, give you a testimony. She now told me, remember I gave my house when you came to our church? I said, yes. She said, see what the Lord has done for me. You can go and ask in Zambia. I'll give you the address if you doubt me. When you go to Lusaka, go to Not Mead Assemblies of God Church. It's a popular church. Not Mead Assemblies of God Church. Ask of Bishop Joshua H.K. Banda. That's the bishop of the church. Then ask her to connect you to Sister Irene Musondo. All right? So that if I find out whether this testimony I've shared with you is true or false. It's not like, like uh, it happens. No, no, I'll give you facts. Because I don't, me, I don't do all this nonsense. I tell you how it happens. Praise God. I can go on and on. Testimonies of giving. I will tell them in the morning that, that when I learn the secret, you know, a lot of things changed in my life. My friends, serve God with your resources. Serve God with what he has blessed you. Serve God. There are battles your giving can fight for you. There are battles over your children. There are battles over your marriage. There are battles over your husband, over your wife. Your giving can fight for you. It's only prayer. There are battles that when you give, the enemy, enemy's hand is broken. God rebukes the devourer. You are bringing God by your giving. 
Don't love money more than God. Okay, let me, let me, let me read this scripture. To, to, sorry. Let me take you back. December Chronicles 29. See what motivated David to give all that he gave. Verse, verse 10. Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is greatness. You want to be great in life. You want your children to be great in Uganda. Great in Africa. But the Bible says greatness is the Lord. It belongs to God. It belongs to God. You can bargain for this greatness by your giving. He said, yours is greatness, the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. It belongs to God. Power, glory, victory, majesty, they belong to God. So my brethren, my fathers, my mothers, my sisters, my friends, let us connect, stay with God and give. Make it a lifestyle. Walk in covenant with God. You need to come to a point where a certain percentage of your business profit goes into the work of evangelization. I have traveled in Uganda. I have seen people worship God under a tree. There is no church building. And you're a businessman. You're a businesswoman. You can go and build a church building somewhere and let them be comfortable and worship God. I have traveled to Karamojan. I have gone to places. Anglican church. They're under a tree. There's no church building. I'm telling you the truth. Some of the places I've gone to Uganda, many of you have not gone to those places. Are we still waiting for white men to come and bring money and build churches? No, he can't. We can no longer wait for them. White missionaries in Africa, in the 21st century, what are you doing? We should be the one funding the gospel, moving the gospel to the ends of the earth, printing Bibles, paying for it. All this eight, eight, eight. Now they are threatening Uganda. If you sign, if you sign, if you sign anti uh, uh, LGBTQ, you know their name keep growing. Next year now they add another name. Before it used to be lesbians and homosexual. Now uh, they add a Q. Which one is Q? Q is what? Queer. Which one is queer? Queer. They are queer people. Are they are queer people. Queer. Uh, oh. Can you imagine? Tomorrow they can add Aro or add the whatever name. Now they are threatening to stop aid. If, they say, if the president signs that bill, they're going to stop aid to Uganda. And people are shaking. Let them stop the aid. We develop. We grow our food. We don't need their aid. We grow our food. There's enough market in Africa to sell our product. Necessity is the mother of invention. When they, when they sanctioned China, was it not when China developed? China, they China, today China is a world power. Don't be afraid of going back to the land, going back to creativity, going back to development. So they say we should be waiting for white people to be, be, give, be giving up money for missions. Now, American, UK churches have, have, have also begun to ordain gay bishops and they're making a condition to work with Africans. We don't need them. 
when their money, God has blessed us. The more we give, the more God opens the door for financial blessings for us. The more we give, the more he unlocks the riches. Riches, wealth and riches belong to God. It doesn't belong to America. It doesn't belong to UK. It doesn't belong to China. It belongs to God. And we, by our covenant with God, unlock this wealth, unlock these riches. He gives us access to intelligence we never knew existed. He gives us access to wisdom that we never knew existed. I can tell you that I've seen it happen creative abilities that never knew existed. They are there. Start partnering with God over your finances. He begins to give you ideas to unlock wealth you never knew was possible. David said, wealth and riches belong to God. It doesn't belong to America. Hallelujah. He said, they come from you. Honor come from you. Victory, majesty come from you. But riches and honor come from you. You want, you want your family to... There are people, don't look at politicians who steal money to, to look big. There are wealth and riches that come from God with honor that are generational. They endure generation after generation. You know, Psalm 112 verse 1. He said, blessed is the man that fears the Lord. Hmm. He said, his descendants shall be mighty on the earth. Do you want your children to be mighty on the earth? Walk with God. I'm telling you the truth. Say, your descendants shall be mighty upon the earth. He said, wealth and riches shall be in his house. And his righteousness endures. Because he has given to the poor, he has dispersed abroad, his righteousness endures. Cast your bread upon many waters, after many days, they will come back to you. That's the way of God. This God who lives in heaven can secure your internal generation. Amen? He rewards those whose father served them. I can tell you the truth. Oh, I can tell you the truth. My father was people's warden for more than 50 years of his life. My mother was a steward. Virtuality when she was old. And could no longer do those services. I'm telling you. You need to see what happened at their burial site. It was glorious. The, even the unbelievers in my village who said a righteous person has gone home. And now, we the children... Go and see what God is doing. The level of intelligence. Come and see first class brains coming out of their grandchildren. First class brains. Many of them. My nieces and nephews, first class, first class, 2-1 in university. Brain, super brain. Whether they're in America or in Canada or in Nigeria, super brave. Why? Those who walk with God. The Bible said, blessed is the man who fears God. Who keeps his commandments. His descendants will be great on the earth. Not only in heaven. This is the word of God. Believe it. Believe it, my dear. Believe the word of God. 
It's not only about you. No, your work with God ensures, secures your children, your children, children. They walk into some blessing they never knew existed. My niece was the best performing student in her university. During the time of President Trump, she was, she was elected, chosen from her university to go to the White House to have dinner. All the best students were entertained by Trump in the White House. And she was, you know, she was in the White House. Now she works in American security, high security company in America. Super intelligent. If you see this young girl, you will never believe she could do that. Super intelligent. And there are many of them like that. So it's a blessing. My mom will be crying for food. She will be carrying everything to the church. Say, shut up your mouth. I'm doing this thing for you people. I didn't see what she saw. She knew it. If there's a synod and my church is hosting it, our home is open for clergymen to come and stay. To attend the synod. She will supply food, supply everything. And today we are reaping the harvest. Oh, I can tell you. My son is a, a straight A student. Every subject, whether it is or not, he's an A student. A. Straight A student. In fact, I worry myself, but you read your book, read your book. For where? She sees exam A. She just clear it. So there's super intelligence that God has brought. And as you see me here, everything I get, a percentage goes to God. It's not just paying tight, struggling. Go away from struggling to give to God. If you understand that wisdom and riches come from God, then why are you struggling to give to him who is the source of all of the things? Why are you struggling? It's just like giving to President Museveni. You give to him regularly. Will you ever lack in your life? No. He doesn't need it, but, but you remember, you go and give him. There's one man in my place, a young, a young engineer. So one day he saw a wealthy man, very rich guy. He went to him, knelt down, and said, Sir, I've been, I've, you are my role model in life. I want to sow this seed into your life. Ha, a rich man. The man doesn't need the money. Very wealthy man very stinkingly wealthy. But he carried the envelope, put it in the man's hand. The man said, no, no, don't do that. He said, no, please, sir, please, sir, take this seat from me. He says, you're my role model. I want to sow into your life to tap the grace you carry. Ha! This businessman was, was taken aback in a, in a five-star hotel. He was taken aback. He, he stood there. What do I do? What do I do? Well, he walked away. Hmm. Keep going. So one day, he called the guy. He, he, so from time to time, the guy will call him, ask him, the man never ask him for money. The guy will call him, ask him questions. He will be talking to him, give him money. He never ask him for money, give me money. No. So then one day, he began to ask him, how about your business and all that? See, I'm doing well. I'm trying to do expansion. Uh, I'm expecting a loan. I apply for a loan from the bank. Uh, he said, which bank? He told him first. He said, okay, no problem. Well, let's see what happens. 
The man picks his phone, called the MD of the bank. Can you give this guy $250 million, million naira on my behalf? I guarantee him. Bank in Nigeria, eh? George, they will ask you to go and bring your photocopy of your mother's intestine as cholesterol. <laughs> as collateral. If you tell them your mother has been dead, they say, go and dig the grave and get it out. You must get collateral. They ask you, what do I mean by that? They give you impossible condition to give you loan. And when they give you the loan, it is 20-something percent interest. How can you pay that? You see what relationship giving to a rich man does? He just calls the bank and they wired the money into his account. And he said, he called me and said, have you gotten the alert? I said, what happened? Don't worry, just use the money. Whenever, you're, whenever you get it, pay back. When you give to God, by covenant, by covenant, eh? make it a lifestyle. Then God begins to partner with you in your business. But when you give to God, don't go living anyhow you like. You become, you'll be blocking your business. When you give to God, don't go sleeping around with men's wives. You are really looking for trouble. When you give to God, don't go offending your wife. Live in harmony with your wife. The blessing of God will outreach you. I am telling you. You'll be so amazed. Some of you have businesses. Those businesses become explosive. You'll be sure that, you know, in the next two or three years, you'll be having close to 200 workers because your clientele is on the increase, ever increasing. So don't drag sowing seed. Don't drag giving. Don't drag giving to anointed men and women of God too. Like, buy a gift for your ministers. Buy a gift. You know, from time to time, buy a gift and give the archbishop. Give the bishop. Yes. Don't wait for them to ask you. It's imp- I'm, telling you the, I'm telling you the gospel truth. I wish I have three days or four days to teach you on giving. That's how we live our life. That's how I live my life. Because I see it in the Bible. Don't love without giving. Show appreciation. Show appreciation. Thank you for your ministry to us. Thank you for the word. Thank you. You know, show appreciation. I want to show this morning to your life. Your ministry, since you came to our church here, your ministry has been a blessing to me. Oh, uh, uh, our provost. Oh, our reverend. You know, that, that prayer you led that day, God really blessed. I just want to say thank you. He's, you're not paying him for the prayer. No, but you are expressing your own giving. You're tapping into the grace. If you love, you give. Obedience is that. Obey the voice of God. Give. Stand up on your feet. Let us pray. Jesus Name above all names, beautiful Savior, glorious Lord, Emmanuel, 
with us. Blessed Redeemer, O living one. All right. Now, I'm going to make another call like I did in the morning. Join. You want to give a special offering for the cathedral project. You have given last year, you're giving in January. Now, you are connecting to this message. You want to give a special sacrifice, special offering. Please come forward. I'm going to pray for you. I don't know what it is you want to give, but it's a sacrifice. A sacrifice different from Sunday offering. A sacrifice is something that is painful to you. Something you give and you feel it. You feel you have given something. Something you give, you can no longer spend, uh, run the expense you wanted to run in the next one, two months because it's a really and you're joyful about it. You're not going to... Sometimes you also give while you're crying. Not, not that you're regretting giving, but the fact that God can accept offering from you is a great pleasure. Would you like to come forward here and let's pray, to go, pray for you? Whatever it is. Want to give land? Want to give car? Want to give 1 million, 2 million, 10, 15, 20? Now, tie your giving... Maybe there's a major challenge in your life. A major challenge in your family. A major challenge in your business. Eh? I said, Lord, this is my sacrifice. I have this battle. Fight it for me. I leave it into your hand. In the Bible, there was a king that was having a war with an enemy nation. And... Uh, you know, when the battle was turning against him, 2 Kings chapter 17, the man went and took his only son and his heir, his first son, sacrificed him. And the Bible said the indignation left that nation and went over to Israel. And God began to, why? I asked God, why? He said, this earth is run by sacrifice. It's the man who offered the highest sacrifice will rule over those who struggle, who are sluggish. In everything or in everything. If you burn the midnight oil, it shows in your career. It shows in your education. It shows. You're dedicated to work. You're dedicated. It shows. Anything, any assignment given to you, two days, you're done it. You submit the report before time. Because you work hard for it. Then when you now give, favor comes upon it. Please come, come forward there. Come forward. Whatever it is. Some of you need to make this transition. You need to make this transition in your life, in your business. Your business. You own a business. You want to take some good amount of money in your company towards this project. Not just the one you personally has given or will give, but your company, your business. Maybe you've never taught it like that before. Now, your company is different from you. This is my business. We are going to take care of this. Let it be. Maybe turn off the windows. Tell your financial director or accountant, prepare draft, send to the church for this. You will come with a letter. That's your company. And see what God will do for you. 
There are some testimonies I will not share here. But it's amazing some of the things God does. I am telling you. Some of the things God does. Please come. There are many of you who want to come and join. Come and join them. Come and join them. Maybe your own sacrifice may be 500 shillings or 1,000 shillings. It's your sacrifice. Come. That's the level where you are. So it doesn't mean that you must give million. But you do a sacrifice. When you go extra mile to say, Lord, my name officially, this project, this work, the, moving this thing forward, partnering with God. Uh, you know in Nigerian church, eh? some rich churches go to plant churches, build church buildings, and give the people. Because there are missionary funds. There are people who know that we need to do the work of God. They are bringing money. They are bringing money. Yes, but he began. Yes, come, 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 come. Come, come. Where are those five people that need to come? Come for that. Quickly, let me pray. Five of you. More five of you. Come here quickly. Please come. Please come. Please come. Please come. Please come. Please come. There's somebody running a school. You own a school. You run a school. The school is small. Come and partner with God and see how God will explode that school. Where is that person? You run a school. Run a school. It's this small. Come and join them quickly. Come here quickly. Where is that person? Are you? You're the one? You run a school? Yes. Now, I want you to open your own mouth and talk to God. Tell God, Lord, I am standing here to give you this special offering. Hmm? What it is, tell him. Tell him. Tell him what it is. You know, but make sure it's a special offering. Make sure it's something. Are you coming? Come, man. Come, man. Come. Are you coming? Please come. Come quickly. Yes. Where are those outside who wants to come here? If you're outside, come in here quickly, quickly, quickly. Come in here. Don't stand outside. Come inside here. Come inside here. Come inside here. Come inside here. That battle going, be talking to God. That battle going on in your life. Say, Lord, let this plague be taken away from me. Let this calamity leave me alone. It was in Namirembe. I came three years ago. Not three, three, three. Yeah, three years ago. Remember, a woman was built, built for oppression to change her kneecap, kneecap in U.S. in U.K. in U.K. In a meeting, the Lord gave her brand new cap, new kneecap. She folded, she bent, she knelt down, she got up, she knelt. She said, ah, what is this? Is it possible? And I said to her, is it that money for your pressure? Go and give it to God. Go and take it to God. God, the doctors were supposed to receive this money, but you have treated me and given it to you. You can also say, God, this money I'm supposed to give doctors, I want to give it to you. Cure me. A friend of mine, was, they said he was going to die. He had, he had cancer. They gave him amount of money to go and do oppression. 
He took the money, went and laid it on the altar. Every day he goes to the altar to lie there and say, God, you're my doctor. I don't want any knife on my body. Cure me. Every day. Pastor, she will go out. The wife thinks she has gone to the hospital. She will go and lay down on the altar. After seven days, she went back to the hospital. They said, you're perfectly okay. No problem. Everything is gone. That's the God we serve. Lift your hands. Say, me, say after me, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And this afternoon, I'm standing before you with this commitment. Receive it from my hand. I bring it as a sacrifice. Do for me what I cannot do for myself. Do for me what men cannot do for me. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I want to pray for these ones now in the name of Jesus. They have heard your word. They have received your word. They have come. I don't know what they want to do, what they want to give towards this project. We didn't call any amount or anything. But Lord, you are the one. You look inside their heart. You see the hearts of men. You know who we are. You know what we have. You know what we do. Lord, I'm only asking you to show them mercy. I'm only asking you to show them your kindness. I'm only asking you to show them your goodness. I'm only asking you to give them testimonies beyond their widest imagination so that they can validate your word. Give them testimonies to validate your word. Validate your word. Be a witness to your word, my Lord, my God. As they obey you, as they obey you, as you speak to them, put it on their heart, what to do. We bind the spirit of fear. We bind the spirit of doubt and religion and ask that you give them help to excel to the next level to the glory of your name, our God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. Now, uh, don't wait for anybody to be announcing this is a transaction between you and God. Whatever it is, you go. If it's a check, if it's cash you want to bring, if it's a property you want to give or whatever, feel free. That only you cannot give to God. Me, I've given God my bookshop before. Bookshop, full functional bookshop with three people walking in it. Full functional bookshop. I was praying one day and the Lord said to me, give me your, that bookshop. Show it as a seed. I took out the bank document, bank checkbook, the certificate of incorporation, limited liability company, took everything, went and laid it down. That's not, he gave me his only begotten son. So what is it that he cannot give me? I gave it away. In two years' time, God gave me 60 plots of land that the owner of the land gave me receipt, gave me every document as if I had paid him completely. And he has never called me to say, they never come and say, where's my money? It was when I got, and it was small amount of money compared to what it is. When I go and go and give him. Now I'm selling part of those land and making a lot of making money from the land. That's the way God blesses people. I know that this woman has a testimony of her giving in a meeting in their fellowship. That's a testimony. 
I mentioned her name in the morning. I told the people. She was not there then. There's power in these things. You prove it to God. There are things God will do that are beyond you. Are we together? So do it freely. And live it as a lifestyle. Live it as a lifestyle. Those of you who have plenty of money, you are doing well, plenty of money, ask them. There are places where you can go and buy two plots of land, build a small church building and give the people. There are many places in Uganda where they don't have church buildings. Many places. You can build small things and give them. Why would people watch, worship God under a tree and God has blessed you? You have money, you have four cars, you have three cars, your children are abroad, schooling abroad, and all of that, and you're not begging bread. You can take out 20 million, go and build up something somewhere, I said, dedicate it. Hand it over to Anglican Church. They dedicate it, and people are saying there, there are many places, ask them, they'll know. Ask her, Christian Shimaya, she, she's in this diocese, she took us to Karamoja, we traveled, we saw people under a tree on a Sunday morning. If rain falls, there'll be no church service. And they can't have us here. That's how it begins. You can struggle and do one. And when you dedicate God, what God will do for you, they are amazing things. Amazing things. We're together. Thank you so much. God bless you. You're blessed.